people get caught up on the product or on the thing that people are selling, right? And they say, well, is this what I should be doing? Or is this, uh, I heard about, you know, this Roth IRA, or I heard about this whole life policy, or I heard about these ETFs or whatever it is, whatever is the new buzzword of the day. But you know, as well as we do, if you haven't defined what you want your life to look like or what you want your money to do, it doesn't matter what the vehicle is. Like you're, you're still really on go. You haven't really um, put into your GPS the destination. So there's no, nobody's coming on there. Siri or anybody else is not telling you where to turn right or left next, right? So yeah, define that and you're going to be a lot clearer. This is the Better Wealth Podcast with Caleb Williams. Hey, welcome back to the Better Wealth Podcast. In today's episode, we are sitting down with Joey Mire, a good friend of mine, also known as the Italian Stallion. Uh, on They have a podcast called Wealth Without Wall Street. And I've learned so much from Joey. He's a, f- a fellow advisor. They, w- they work with people all around the country. And I try to get down to Birmingham two to three times a year. Joey's one of the most funny people in our business, and you're going to see some of that in our interview. He just has a unique uh, sense of humor, and it's just hilarious when you get to spend time with him. And more importantly, he has a huge heart, and I asked him not only why they came up with the their name, Wealth Without Wall Street, their three steps to their Better Wealth Roadmap, and, and just ask them more questions about why life insurance, wh- how they define infinite banking, how they define like better wealth. You're going to really pick up on some of the, the common themes and you're going to know that um, I've come into some of my beliefs because of people like Joey. One of the things that really hit me hard was his answer at the end when I asked him the legacy question. I, I think it's going to 100% show his authenticity and his love for his family and for for his just bigger purpose in living. And and at any time when you're listening to this, or you, you know that if you're like, man, I'm curious about this whole life insurance thing. I'm curious about infinite banking. I want to know what this would look like for me. If you're like that, you can go to betterwealthpodcast.com. You can schedule a call with someone on my team and we are here to serve serve you, answer any questions. We want to give you a one-page report that will lay out why this strategy is the best place to store capital. You'll see in our interview, Joey literally says, life insurance is the greatest place to store capital and you can hear how he explains it. And if that's something that you've been hearing about and you just want to, you know, look at seeing what it would look like for you, we've not only created a one-page report, but we really want uh, to make ourselves available to answer any questions uh, for you, the listener. So you can go to betterwealthpodcast.com. And without further ado, here's my good friend, Joey Murray. Hey, brother, welcome to the show. Man, thanks for having me on, brother. So you you started this whole conversation with saying it is like a freezing ice cold storm in Birmingham, Alabama. What, what is it like negative 30? Um, no, no, it's like 45. <laughs> right. Everyone's everyone's uh, buckering down and, uh, and 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 trying to stay warm. So I love it. Yeah, we're not we're not set up for the cold like you guys are. 
Uh, so Joey, one of the things that I'm really grateful, number one, that you're coming on is you're probably one of the funniest people in our business. See that you're setting me up for a massive failure on this thing, like right out of the gate. <laughs> High standards. But but anyways, you you are a good friends, business partners with Russ Morgan. And for those of you that know my story, Russ spoken to my life and has been a huge mentor to me right off, right out of the gate. And I like to come down to Birmingham at least twice a year. We, we brainstorm, we're in a mastermind group together. And it's kind of cool how you guys play off of each other and, and just are amazing friends and great business partners. And the purpose of this interview is I want to capture not only your story, but at Wealth Without Wall Street, that's your podcast, that's your you know, company. You guys are doing some amazing things and your message is so on point. And it's great to see people all across the country, all across the world, just buy into your guys' message and see your company grow. And, and the, the idea is just to dive into that story and, and for us to have a fun conversation. Well, that's awesome. I, I love the idea that we can collaborate like this because you are doing amazing things as well. And it's all around giving people an alternative, right? The, the, instead of accepting the status quo in terms of giving up control, I think the more I think about what everybody has been educated along their lives to do is this constant theme of give up control, accept what is kind of all around you, the herd mentality. And so, I mean, you are about this, we're about this, you know, take back control and by doing that, you're actually mitigating risk. Most people think if I'm, t- if I'm taking control, then I have to take on some crazy risk and I'm just not ready for that or I don't think I was meant to do that. And I think if people listen to your show, read your book, um, do the same with what we're doing. They're, they're always going to take back control and it's going to turn into um, really having their own path that they can create financial freedom with instead of just thinking somebody else can do it for them. And our goal as yours is, is efficiency, make it as fast as possible, right? This whole idea of waiting till you're in your sixties to start enjoying life. It's just busted. And we've got to, we got to push back. 100%. And it's, and it's messed up when you think about it, it's like delay everything in your life and just hope for someday that for what? Like it's so we've been brainwashed. And, and one of the things that I love about your brand is wealth without wall street. Like you guys are coming out swinging, bro. Like, <laughs> have you, have you had any push like uh, backlash from that name? Well, if you don't, then you're not doing something right. I mean, if it, if it really comes down to it, you better have some people that get on there and I mean, go read our reviews. You, you know, you have several people on there that are just haters. Like, Oh yeah, well, this is just mindless drivel. Uh, you know, that, doesn't give you any real, just a sales funnel. It's like, mm, yeah, that's not what everybody else is saying. You know, <laughs> so clearly this guy's a financial advisor on Wall Street and doesn't like getting his stuff handed to him. You know, how did you guys come up with the name? We really are not that smart. Uh, if, if you ever met Russ, you know that. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> you'll know that by the end of this interview with me. But we we really just kind of it's kind of a common thing within the infinite banking community i think that people just say hey this is outside of the wall street game this is beyond wall street whatever i mean and so we just we just kind of realize what we're encouraging people to do is if you will you think about you putting 
you know, a destination in your GPS. Mm-hmm. So there's this idea of being on a street or on a highway or something like this. A roadmap is, and so the alternative to being on this street, Wall Street, is to be on your own path mm. that is much more efficient. And you, you, everybody's put in a destination. There's like three or four different ways to get there. And the maps to say, hey, w- which one do you want to go on? And you always, what do you do? You always pick the one that's the shortest time, mm-hmm. right? Well, Wall Street is a way that you could get to financial freedom potentially. It's just, it's just like, I'm going to go to Hawaii to get to Georgia, you right. know, right. that doesn't really work too well. You, you could get there, but, right. but that's not what it is. So anyways, we just wanted to have a place, a community where people could learn these alternatives. Cause I think everybody's open to the idea of an alternative Right. They, in the back of their mind. They know something's not right. And they know that what they've been doing isn't really what they expected to happen, but they don't know what else to do. And so we wanted to have all the experts in the real estate space, in the business space, in lending and infinite mm-hmm. banking, all in one place that they could learn these and then be able to practically implement. You know, I love your car example and an, an, an example that you used that I actually took, stole ethically. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's so tough because everyone's stealing everything in this business is in, in, in my book, I talk about efficiency and, and use your example. It's like, if you're going to go from California to New York, you can get there taking the highway or you can go through every little city and you're, the end result, I guess, is the same but one is 10 days faster. Exactly. And that's just another example. And the other interesting thing is Wall Street uses rate of return and their whole, it, they almost seduce us and say, well, and they don't even guarantee it. It's, it's funny that it's called security. Yeah. <laughs> you, you go, you go, you get securities, but there's nothing secure about it. And they give you this rate of return and that's what you make your decision on. And what we teach people at you know, Better Wealth Solutions is how you can get ROR, which stands for return on result. Like, what do you want? Let's, let's reverse engineer it. And like, let's create a strategy to live that today. Yeah. And that, that, that's such a great point. If people are listening to this and they haven't properly defined the result, yeah. none, of, none of this ever matters. Like people get caught up on the product or on the thing that people are selling, right? And they say, well, is this what I should be doing? Or is this, uh, I heard about, you know, this Roth IRA, or I heard about this whole life policy, or I heard about these ETFs or whatever it is, whatever is the new buzzword of the day. But you know, as well as we do, if you haven't defined what you want your life to look like or what you want your money to do, it doesn't matter what the vehicle is. Like you're, you're still really on go. You haven't really... Um, put into your GPS, the destination. So there's no, nobody's coming on there. Siri or anybody else is not telling you where to turn right or left next, right? So yeah, define that and you're going to be a lot clearer. All right. I want to go back to the origin story. You became a client of Russ's. You were in the mortgage business. You had an aha moment. So I'm hoping to hear from your, your, your lips how you got into this business, and then please define infinite banking because we throw around that term a lot, but I would love the definition from ah, Italian Stanley nice. himself. So I, I won't go back incredibly far, but I will say this was in 2008, 2009. 
I was in the mortgage business, had started back in 2003 and was very successful. Uh, but many people don't know this. You're in a 100% commission environment, right? So you eat what you kill. Every month you start over. It's kind of like um, a constant just hamster wheel, right? So this month, hey, I made great money and next month's coming. So I got to go out there and produce again. Like there's never a time that you take your foot off the pedal, so to speak. And um, so in terms of my financial situation, I was making more money than I knew was possible at a young age. Like I was like, okay, well, maybe somebody is going to make over $300,000 at some point. I just didn't think that was me. And here I was Mm -hmm. and I start looking around and I'm like, I really don't like this idea, this 401k or the IRA because I had just lost money in 2008. And I looked up, I'm like, this just doesn't feel right. Like there's something wrong about putting consistently putting money away and then not having any sort of idea what was going to happen to it. Um, I had never even considered the taxation situation, which we can get into, but I was just like, you know, this doesn't seem right. And so I, I started to think, but what else is there? Number one, I think that was the first thought that I was open to alternatives. If you don't have that kind of a moment, really none of this matters either. But the second thing was I had two little girls at the time. Now I have five little girls, as you know, but at the time it was only two. And I started thinking, okay, I've got some extra money. I've got to start putting money away for their college. You know, this was an education um, goal that I had for them. And I said, okay, well, what can I do with it? I started looking at different options and the 529 plan is the most common, you know, they call it a college savings plan. And we know it's an investing plan because it's all market-based. So I started looking at it. Okay. It's market-based, which I don't like about the other things I've been putting money into. And it has to be used for college expenses, which I wasn't sure when my kids were three and one. Yeah if they wanted to go to college or not, or if that was going to be the best for them. I mean, who knows at that age? Right. And so there's all these restrictions. And, and again, not to mention the fact that um, if, if it could go down in value. So is it really mm-hmm. savings or is it investing? And, you know, we figured that out. And I said, man, this is just not what I want to do. Right at that time, I got introduced to the book, Becoming Your Own Banker. Uh, by Nelson Nash. That was through Russ. And he had just started learning about it. And he said, man, I'm I'm looking at this. I think I'm going to move forward with this, but I'd love your opinion. And um, and I said, okay, well, I'll read the book. And it was like, bang, it was like immediately, this checked all the boxes for me. So mm-hmm. if I'm going to really quickly define what is in that book, Becoming Your Own Banker, The Infinite Banking Concept by Nelson Nash, it's just simply this. You have to have a place to park money. And if you don't have surplus in savings, really, this doesn't matter, right? You have to have surplus mm-hmm. of savings. And I'm going to put it into a warehouse. In this case, it's a whole life policy that's designed specifically for high cash value growth and, and accumulation early on, right? So mm-hmm. historically, you know, whole life policies don't grow for 20 years practically. These you got nothing to show for it, yeah. especially in the first couple of years in a yeah. typical policy. Yeah. Yeah. And in this case, I I realized, oh, this could be designed differently if your main objective isn't about death benefit. And so mm-hmm. 
Anyways, you're going to park money in here. You're going to have super high early cash value, somewhere between 60 and 85% maybe. And I can immediately utilize that cash for other things, whether it be for college expenses, whether it be for paying down debt, whether it be for um, buying assets that produce passive income. And I am the one that's in charge of it. And if I borrow the money, it still continues to grow because I've not removed it from the vehicle. I've leveraged it in, in, through, the, through collateralization. And again, we can probably get into more details, but the point is it wasn't market-based. It was accessible, which being a high commission salesperson, you have to have access to capital because you never know right. when the market's going to crash or something else, the rates are going to go up or whatever. And so I needed access to capital. Uh, it didn't hurt that there was an additional death benefit that didn't exist before. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, it was going to give me long, long-term growth that, again, I, I didn't have to wonder. It was There were guarantees involved in it. And so this checked all the boxes. And I was like, this is a no-brainer. Um, I, 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 I don't know why I've never heard about this before. I don't understand. I mean, everything I heard about whole life was terrible. You should never do it. And so, but when I thought for myself and I really digested what Nelson was talking about, I was like, this guy is different. This concept is different uh, for a number of reasons. And, and oh, by the way, I worked for one of the nation's leading banks at the time, Wells Fargo, and it didn't hurt that I found out that they had over $18 billion of cash value life insurance on the books. So I was like, hmm, maybe there is something to this. So (laughs) anyways, that was how I learned about it. And that's what started me on the process of starting my first policy. And within the first year, I actually started three policies Hmm. um, that equaled over $60,000 a year in premium. And uh, that was the most I'd ever put away in some sort of savings vehicle because I felt like I had the license to do it. Right. And let's take a step back. One of the most brilliant things I think about the strategy, our clients are able to save a lot more money. Oh, 100%. The volume of, of dollars that are at work for me at this period of my life versus prior to that. Like if I, if I look back over the numbers, I was putting somewhere between fourteen dollars and $15,000 a year into 401ks, IRAs, things like that, right? Before I understood this. And and so you think about that as a percentage of what I was making Mm -hmm. was 5% maybe, maybe six. And and I thought that that was like killing it, you know, like, man, I'm doing the best I can. Right. But in terms of when you flip the switch and you realize, hey, I can utilize money, I can have money growing on my behalf, Mm-hmm. That I'm also using for things like renovations on my house, or which which is one of the first things I did with uh, policy loans, uh, buying vehicles. I, I bought a car through mine immediately. Right. Like all these things, if you start adding all those things up, now the volume was twenty plus percent of my right. income was going towards savings, and right. that's a game changer. A hundred percent, especially when you start eliminating the long-term risk of of it not growing. No, it's not, you're not going to be in the Wall Street casino where some years it's more exciting than others. But the reality is save more money, control it, 
and the act of having a higher volume of savings growing for the rest of your life, not just to retirement, and still having control over all that money gives you the ability to not only save more, have more in the future, but be in control of more money. And it sounds too good to be true, but the reality is it's not. Well, no. And and let me just point, you, we might get to this, maybe you're headed this way, but the game changer for me also was four years in, you know, I've been putting a substantial amount of money away. And I look up and I'm like, man, I really think there's this concept has changed our lives. Mm-hmm. Like I, that was just bottom line. I, I knew it. I'd experienced it. I'd attended all sorts of seminars and read books and all these things. And I was convinced like this is a game changer for, for Americans in general. Like they need to know this. And I got really passionate. And I don't know if you remember me telling you this story, Caleb, but you were, you were in the think, think yeah, tank. I was, I was at this national conference that we have in yep. Birmingham every year. And I was sitting there listening to all these people, these advisors across the country, how they were changing people's lives, like everything from business owners to the W-2 employee to um, generational wealth planning and legacy planning and even helping churches. I mean, there's all sorts of obviously applications. And I just remember like literally the Lord speaking to me and saying, why don't you do this? Like, why aren't you out here telling other people to do this? And it, it was weird because, I, I mean, my wife was pregnant at that time with our fourth daughter. She did not have a full-time job outside of the house. I was the 100% sole breadwinner um, making, like I said, well over $300,000. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, there's a couple of reasons why I shouldn't do this full-time, like uh, <laughs> having to give up. <laughs> Um, a career that I was really doing well at and enjoyed, but I, but it was kind of like it just clicked. It's like yeah. I have to do this. I mean, there's only several hundred people in the country that were attending that think tank, and this was n- North America. I mean, this is Canada included. So I'm yeah. like, there's just not enough people out there talking about this. This is why people don't know. And um, but it, but the whole whole reason I brought that up was. If I had not been putting away over 20% of my income every single year for four years, I would not have had the same confidence to leave my career and start a business from scratch. I mean, you, you know from experience, this business is not easy to start from scratch. Now no. compare that to a guy that's expecting his fourth daughter and, um, this whole 100% lifestyle is based on a much higher income, but I knew I could do it because I had access to capital. If I had putting, been putting the same amount of money in my 401k that I had been used to doing, how much of that money could I have gotten access to without penalty and fees and all this stuff right. to start a business? I probably never would have even considered doing it. Right. I'm so glad that you mentioned that, by the way, because that is a perfect example of return on result. Because it, who cares about rate of return? It gave you the ability to live your dream, and you're impacting people all around the country, creating content and furthering the mission of helping people take back control of their life, all because you practiced this and you, you, were, you were doing this for four years before you took the jump. And I'm, Thank you so much for sharing that. 
Well, you just said it exactly the way I have kind of learned about myself. You know, the older you get, um, the more you know about who you are. And I am all about impact. Mm -hmm. That's really, if if you're just going to do like a one word description, like that drives me, it's impact. And so it made perfect sense for me to just jump ship and to leave what I knew well and what I was good at to do this because I knew it would impact people Mm -hmm. at a higher level than me just helping them to purchase a home or refinance a home. Like that's important. I mean, I'm not trying to downplay that, but to show people a new way that they can um, do this process. I mean, it was, it was a no brainer. hundred percent. So I was in your office as you guys were planning out your the theme and what you guys were going to talk about in your wealth community about passive income and about that whole system. You want to break that down if someone was coming to you for the first time and saying, give me the roadmap to better wealth. How would you have that conversation? So I, I think we, we've summed it up into really three simple steps, right? The first is take back control of your finances. And that is something that I think, number one, and you talk about this all the time in your book, as well as uh, on your show, but the first things first, you have to know where money is flowing. So cash flow, debt reduction, um, thinking through those things, you're going to allow yourself um, to have access to more money that you can then save, right? And if you're saving, the most efficient way is through these policies that we talk about. Trust me, if there was something else that would do what we're talking about, I would love not to talk about life insurance. I mean, because <laughs> it, it makes it like that much more awkward when people are randomly at a cocktail party. Hey, Joey, what is, you know, tell me about this life insurance that you're selling. You know, <laughs> if it was another product, that would be great, but it just it doesn't exist. So we're going to take back control by finding where money is leaking out. Cash flow is going away from us, not towards us. And so that's including qualified plans. That's including debt. That's including um, tax strategies, which, you know, we work a lot with high income earners that are looking for ways to reduce their taxes. We have a partnership with a group that does that full time. So that's really taking back control in my mind. The second step is picking your path. So once you've kind of handled those things, you need to figure out how am I going to create passive income that will circum uh, will, that will surpass my monthly expenses or my monthly needs and wants, right? So that could be through business ownership. It could be through buying franchises. It could be through real estate. And real estate could be, I mean, a million different strategies. As you know from our show, we interview people that do Airbnb short-term rentals. We do people people do flipping land. People are doing node investing. I mean, so you have to figure out what your personality type is, what your time uh, allotment is. You know, am I having to do this as a side hustle first and all this? Right. But you have to pick a path. It doesn't include Wall Street and that allows it to align with something that you uh, enjoy and it will give you that path. And then the last step is just... Can I I push back on step two? Please, yeah. Passive income, that's like a... A term that everyone's using. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how I feel about that. I get what you're saying. And I love that you're aligning it with something that brings you fulfillment. Can you, can people truly get passive income 
or is there, are they working towards that? Because I think there's some areas that you can get passive income, which if you define passive income, it's money coming in without you having to work. Right. So, and I would agree with you. Passive income does not mean there's no work involved. Um, First of all, there's usually a lot more work on the front end than there is income. Right. (laughs) Because you you I.e. when we first started. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like this business didn't just happen on its own. But at some point it does become, if you have that goal in mind and you really have to check your ego on that, like right now we're building a company and a community that should run on its own. And if I'm the one, if I'm really honest with myself, I don't need to be the one doing all those little day-to-day tasks. I need other people doing those and I need to be kept abreast of what's going on. I need to be doing certain things that I'm passionate about, like being a brand ambassador or Mm -hmm. helping to create content and things like that. But it should allow me more freedom because of doing those things, right? Thank you for breaking that down because I 100% agree with you, 100%. Well, like we interviewed a guy just just went live uh, recently and he's talking about building a rental portfolio. Well, does that mean that he doesn't do anything ever? No, he still has to check in on all the, the people that are involved in the process. Otherwise, people start stealing from him. He even (laughs) shared how somebody was stealing money. His property manager was stealing money. And so he's learned, I have to be involved. But if the number of hours that go with managing one house every, you know, early on, he he starts adding more and more and more, it should be reducing the number of hours that he is actually having to um, invest in that. So that's why it has to be something that you're somewhat passionate about because you don't want to be not looking forward to the time that you do have to spend in the business or with the people involved with the business. So, right. One of the ways that I explain this is an asset-based activity. What's, what's one thing that you can do with your time and money that will produce the most amount of money coming back to you? And eventually, there's more leverage in saying, don't have it centered around your activity. What could your money be doing in such a way that can produce more money coming to you. And it's amazing if you don't actually have to be in that, in that world. And I know you and I are both working towards how we build businesses right. that, that not only impact more people, but we'll do it whether we get hit by a bus tomorrow or not. <laughs> you know? Exactly. That's, yeah. That's the deal. Yeah. And it's something that we're passionate about and something that we love. So the fact of the matter is, you know, 10 years from now, am I still going to be involved in the business? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. My goal is just that I have a lot more time freedom that doesn't require me to be doing the things that I'm maybe not the best at or that I really have the better people doing those roles because we've gotten more specialized and things like that. So, but yeah, it, it could be that, again, it could be something that has to do with lending. Lending is very passive, right? But you still have paperwork. You still have... um you still have check-ins. You still have to, you know, make sure that people are paying, you know, all these things. They're not just completely. Uh, and then the third off. thing. Oh, yeah. So the third step is get there faster. Okay. So it's constantly um, reevaluating. It's constantly saying, okay, if I do this, this is going to be the result. And how can I make that faster? And so that's where we're, we're constantly providing trainings mm-hmm. within our community on a weekly basis, um, we're constantly interviewing new podcast guests who are bringing 
specialties to the table, things that we don't know about because we haven't arrived. Right. I mean, that's the other part about um, being a part of this community is nobody in here has figured it out right. and is, you know, doesn't need to learn. I mean, right. especially just look around at what technology is doing. And I mean, things are happening so fast. You have to constantly be learning. Right. Take back control, pick your path, get there faster. And, exactly. and it is, there's something beautiful about not having it all figured out and continuing to be a learner. Joey, you work with entrepreneurs and investors all around the country and, and internationally as well. What's the biggest mistake that you see people making when it comes to their money? There's a, there's a number of them. And I think the, the number, again, I would start with the first one. That's probably the one where you see the most opportunity is when they're just blindly doing things that they've always done because that's what they started out doing, let's say, and they don't question it. So, and you know what? The, the truth of the matter is Russ and I do this all the time. I'll ask Russ something and he'll be like, yeah. oh, you know what? I really should be doing this or I should really start another policy right now. I didn't even think about it because we're so close to it. And I think, so, so having a community, having a coaching relationship with someone who is actually questioning those things for you um, and allowing you to say, well, why do you mm-hmm. put money in this qualified plan? Again, that's, that, is that getting you closer to the result? Or why are you putting money yeah. over in this account for this purpose? Did you think about it being used over here or why do you continue to pay this debt when you have this money? Here? Like those are the kind of things that we should be asking ourselves, but sometimes yeah. we just can't, we're too close to it. But I think those are, I mean, right. Even, even this is something totally random, but health insurance, okay. Business owners in general, they just don't mm-hmm. even think about what else could they be doing with that. So they just kind of go blindly. Oh, I got to do benefits. So I'll do blue cross blue shield. It's 2000 bucks a month for my family. They know it's expensive, but they're just like, well, I mean, right. this is what I have to do. Well, as you know, we use health sharing ministries as our, um, as our healthcare related activities. The cost is like less than $600 a month for my family of seven. Right. Like that's a windfall of cash flow. Yeah. Can now be, can get me to my result faster. Now, right. Is it weird? Is it different? Yeah. But if, as long as you learn about it and you understand it, you realize, man, that's thousands and thousands of dollars that I can be utilizing that was just going out the door right. blindly. What's been one of the best books you've read in the last couple of years? You know what? Um, I probably should have brought up my, my list, but <clears throat> I love, <laughs> um, I love the entrepreneur roller coaster. By Darren Hardy. Yeah. It, yeah. It's a fin- fantastic book. Um, Richest Man in Babylon, I read again recently. I read it probably mm-hmm. 15 years ago and then reread it. Um, <clears throat> the, it's just, there's so many phenomenal takeaways and nuggets from there. One of my biggest takeaways from that book is pay yourself first. Oh yeah. It's and, so simple. And and so simple <laughs> and it goes hand in hand in what we teach. Yeah, no no doubt. Um, and then there's some things that just like practically, I just need to be reminded of things like the E-Myth, um, things yeah. like Profit First. Those are things that yeah. are just, I'm not naturally an organiz- organizational thinker. 
But if you want to ever make your business passive, you got to know those things yeah. and you got to have those 100%. as a part of your destination. What's something that's working right now in your business? I think what's working for us is consistency, right? Staying focused on yeah. things that are educating people and allowing them to learn at their pace. So our podcast has been huge. Um, this community has been huge. So we're, we're dialed in on creating good content that people can learn at their own pace and grow with us. Um, I think those things are huge. We've, we've shifted some things on our marketing side that we're, we're going to be able to, to expand that. But I think just staying consistent with those things and, and also learning to scale the business. So we hired um, an operations guy this year because Russ and I, are, neither one of us are, are <laughs> gifted. And so that was also a game changer. It's, it's cool. We're all in the same like mastermind. And yeah. one of the things that is a common theme in all of our businesses right now is saying no to good opportunities so that we can say yes and live in great. And you guys are doing such a great example. Like you guys are great examples of that. And you've encouraged me uh, because I have such a natural tendency to want to take on more than we can handle. And so thank you for being a great example. One of the things that I love ending dish these conversations with is, is what I call the legacy question. And it's, this is your last day on earth. You're with your family and the people that you love the most. And you can reflect on all the experiences and life, life lessons you've learned. And you can have one last conversation with, with the ones that you love. What are you making sure to cover and talk about in that conversation? There's, there's, well, first of all, let me say that this is a great question. The, the first thing I'll say is this Nelson Nash, as you know, was a, a personal friend and mentor of Russ and I, he lived three to four or five miles around the corner from us here. He'd come by all the time. Yep. And one of the things that I learned from him is that he set up his family to operate without him, right? He, he, he'd come by and he would say, I'm, I'm training Mary to be a widow. Hmm. That, that was his wife's name's Mary. And, and first of all, kind of like many things Nelson said would always make me like shake my head. Like, what is he even talking about? Right. But he laid out exactly what she needed to do in the event he wasn't there. And even to the point where he started having her write the bills and her no, like go to the bank and to make deposits or to take money out or, or to write the policy loans back or whatever it was. The activities that he had been so used to doing that she had become, you know, basically dependent on him for certain things. He took it upon himself, forward thinking as he is, as he was, and said, I'm going to train her to be a widow. And that really just really challenged me to say, okay, how is my family going to be set up uh, if something were to happen to me tomorrow? And I'm not there yet. Don't get me wrong. But it is, it is really drawn me to what is the number one thing that they have to understand? And that is that Christ is number one. Like there is nothing else that compares um, in fact, I, I was listening to a sermon this morning and the guy was saying, you know what? Glory is what we are all about on this earth. 
we want to we want to give glory to someone we're just usually giving it to the wrong people the people who which glory is not uh, required and it's fleeting that's why people are looking to give glory in like this personal relationship with a spouse or a girlfriend or boyfriend or whomever it is and what happens well they let you down right that that glory is not meant for them and so th- the only place glory can be ascribed is to God to Christ himself and so one your life I'm, I mean I'm having this conversation with my kids this is the most important thing that you should know and then second behind that is how can I train them to um, to be good stewards of all that God's given us and that's going to be again we're not where I'm at right yet but to to give them a plan just like Nelson did for his family um, on how to continue the legacy that we've built with these policies and the financial system that we've put together. So that'd, that'd be my long answer to that. Joey, I appreciate your authenticity and your just your love for people, your love for your family. How can people follow what you're doing? I know that you mentioned your community, your podcast. I there will will obviously put the descriptions in the in the show notes, but how can people best follow what you guys are doing? I think uh, just our website is probably it's we're actually working on it, trying to make, make it more um, robust, but wealth wallstreet.com. You can actually download our podcast there. We're on iTunes and Stitcher and all those, you know, crazy things, our YouTube channel, just wh- however you're going to best learn and, um, and be encouraged. That's it. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, all those type of things too. So We'd love to connect um, and help however we can. Love it, man. We'll stay warm in Birmingham and uh, have a great rest of your day. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. Hey, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Joey. We'd love to hear your biggest takeaway. And if you go to betterwealthpodcast.com, you can send me a video email. I love receiving those um, from you, the listener. And my biggest takeaway was his three steps. He says it a little bit differently than I do, but he essentially says, take back control, pick your path, and then get there the fastest way. And another way to say that is, you know, have the mindset of you're going to take control, get clear on where you're going to go, and then be efficient with how you make your money, how you save your money, and how you use your money. It's very, very intentional. And man, I learned so much. I, I get so encouraged and I get so fired up for uh, that we get to be in the same business, helping people take back control over their futures, over their lives. And so thank you again for listening. Thank you for sharing this podcast. And thank you for your support. Go out and make someone's day really amazing. And until next time, we'll see ya. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. Make sure you press subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or your favorite podcast player.